What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pastuch. I'm your host, and I am pumped for today's show. The reason I'm so excited for today's show is because it is with five different health and fitness professionals who have all been educated through the Active Life Immersion course and the Active Life Workshop, and they're using the education that they got to change the lives of not only the people around them, but themselves. It is crazy what these people are doing. And for those of you out there who are gym owners and are coaches, the stuff that you're going to hear in this episode is going to blow your mind. When we started Active Life, it was really uh, with the mindset of helping clients, helping people get out of pain without going to the doctor or missing the gym. And then over time, coaches started to ask us how we were doing that. So we started educating them. It started with a workshop and then it became a little bit more involved when we started to do the immersion course. And of course, now we just rolled out our first version of what we're calling the professional path, which is the full circle business model for gym owners and coaches. These five people are coaches who took a chance on us in the very beginning. And this episode exemplifies more than we could ever have hoped for. One of the guests is from Grand Cayman. He has started a program that includes collaborating with physical therapists and chiropractors. Another guest is from New Jersey. She's had to start her own business and quit her full-time job because what she's doing is so impactful and it's, it's adding so much value to the gym that she does it out of. Another one of our guests is from a small town in South Carolina where everybody in the world would say nobody is going to pay for that here, and they are. Another one of our guests is from New York City where he left the commercial gym to pursue his dreams of being able to offer higher value service for his clients than the gym would allow him to offer. And our last guest was a gym owner in Minnesota who now lives in Utah, and the story in between is pretty awesome. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. If you're coaches or gym owners, this is one of those episodes that you really need to listen to. And if you guys are interested, after you listen to this episode, in getting more education from us, all you need to do is email me directly. Email me at drshawn at activeliferx.com. And I will speak with you directly. Nobody in between us. No talk to my assistant. None of that. I will talk to you directly about how we can help you if it's a good fit. No further ado. Let's get you to the show. All right. We're live. How you guys doing? Good. 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 Awesome. All right. So for people who are... Um, listening to this and not watching the live version or not the live version, but the video version, I am here with five people who I like very much. Christopher Spigner, Stephen Ferguson, Jono Bullington, Nick Stram, and Samantha Hirsch. And the reason why everybody's on this call, and I'll give them a moment to introduce themselves to you as well. The reason why these are the five people on this call is because to me, they represent five very diverse um, geographical and socioeconomical locations that, from where they live. And they've all been able to implement the information that we teach in the Active Life courses to find their own level of success. And they've all done it in fairly different ways. No two of you are running the same program, which I think is pretty cool. 
I mean, right now we're streamlining everything so people don't have to be as creative as you guys. But it's pretty cool that you guys are so creative. And we'll get into on this show and, you know, before long, the idea that I know, I know that Samantha went through this. I know that Chris, you went through this, the idea that a lot of what we've evolved to do as a company came from suggestions of people like you guys after going through some of our education and saying, Hey, I don't know what's next. So we built what was next. And I think it'd be very cool to go through all that kind of stuff with you too. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, my pleasure. So, so what I'd like to do is I know you guys just met each other prior to starting the recording. I would love to have you guys introduce yourselves to our audience. So let's start with Samantha because chivalry is not dead. (laughs) Samantha, would you tell the active life audience a little bit about yourself? I'm Sam Hirsch. I have my CFL2. I'm in Northern New Jersey, about 15, 20 miles outside of New York city at CrossFit store. Um, I went to the active life assessment workshop in 2017. It was the, it might've been like the second one you guys ever did. Definitely wasn't the first cause I couldn't get into it. Um, but I went to that workshop and I've, I was coaching classes, um, doing zero personal training aside from, you know, those, the foundations program for new members. Um, and after I went to the workshop, I kind of didn't really do anything with it. Um, they, I saw online about the immersion program and, um, I've taken that and basically my business has, I don't know what the number is. <laughs> 14 times itself, I guess. 14 X. Yeah. In, yeah. In, in four months. Four months. Yep. Not bad. Yeah. So I also, I work full time in a school and I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. And it's not, there's no point in doing it anymore because I'm making more money doing this. Right. And I mean, look, a lot of people listening to this might be like, wait a minute, you work full time in a school and there's no point in doing this. What do you, what do you mean by that? Like, why would you leave a teaching job to do this? And I think that what people don't necessarily realize about teachers is that while their job might be stable and that they're not going to get fired, the amount of time that they're allowed to work is not stable. My sister was working what they call 0.8 and now she's down to a 0.3 next year, which basically means that her job was cut in half, right? In half benefits. It's not not stable anymore. Um, You're, you're, while you're working, your pay is stable, but that doesn't mean you'll be rehired. Um, But I'm making more working less doing the active life type things that I'm doing than I was, than I am at school monthly. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll get into the specifics of that. Nick, why don't you say hello to the group, Nick Stram. Hello. Uh, my name is Nick Stram. I was from Minnesota. Um, I've been coaching about, I think about eight years and I spent the first five-ish doing um, one-on-one stuff, uh, personal training, lots and lots of personal training. So I had a background in that. And then I kind of got into more of the group side of things, started working in more of a CrossFit gym. And um, I liked a lot of what was going on, but I also saw a lot of missing pieces. And so I went and opened my own gym and I didn't really have a direction or know what I was doing. 
I just knew that I liked a lot of the pieces from personal training and on one-on-one. Um, and that that was necessary for a lot of people, whether people like to admit it or not. But I also liked a lot of the social pieces involved in group. And so I tried to formulate a gym around that that was both individual design and kind of group training. And it was like probably 16 months into that, that was like really a rough start of just trying to like formulate what direction I was going with it and have a vision for it because I didn't really know who else was doing that. I mean, I knew other gyms that did just individual design, but not both. Um, and so I didn't really have a good direction. And then I was at a workshop that Sean was at and we got to chatting and um, I did the mentorship program with Sean. And after that, it was like a five or yeah, like a five month period that I just had a lot more clarity in the direction I wanted to go. And um, I understood what I was doing better. And so my gym went from kind of really scraping by to five months later, somewhere between triple and quadruple in revenue in that time period, which was awesome because for the long period before that, 60 months or whatever it was, um, it was kind of just grinding. Um, so that is kind of my background. And then a couple months after that, decided to sell the gym. So sold the gym, it's still going, um, and moved to Utah because Minnesota is very cold. <laughs> so let's go from the cold to the warm because Chris Wagner, you don't know what it's like to be cold in Minnesota. You're down in the Grand Cayman Islands. No, it hasn't <laughs> been cold here in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm at uh, Seven Mile Strength and Fitness uh, here in uh, Grand Cayman. Um, I also created after the Active Life uh, another program out of the gym called the Seven Mile Corrective Program. Um, I came to the first flexibility assessment um, with Active Life and went up there and found something that was extremely easy to take back to my coaching staff and then start to teach them. Um, some of them took it, some of them didn't. And what I found is I was able to reach out to more people, see more things that gave me the opportunity to help people with these annoying injuries that had been happening just from a simple, quick two-day seminar where we drilled one thing over and over again. So it was something I could take back instead of a ton of information and then taking only a little piece of it back. And I found that very valuable. Um, and then after that, I noticed the people I was getting to work with that weren't the, a lot of our running crew that we have down here, I got to work with because I was helping them not hurt anymore just from these little flexibility assessments. And then it was kind of a no brainer um, speaking with our owners. I was like, I would really like to do this program. You know, would they always help us with continued education? Um, and I think I can make something of it afterwards. And I said, sure. And I went and did the immersion program. Um, which was invaluable to help me know what to do with the flexibility screenings that I was seeing. And from that, I was able to create a, an entirely different program out of the gym that allows me to not always have to be at the gym to still make a living. And um, I'm getting to help a whole 
broader range of people that aren't just CrossFitters. Um, so it, it's been invaluable so far. Love it. Let's move on to Stephen Ferguson, because right now your baby seems to be quiet and not giving you any trouble. So let's take advantage while we know we <laughs> yeah. have that. I was hoping you would catch on to that. <laughs> yes. Uh, my name is Stephen Ferguson. Um, if you want to go back to the beginning of how I met Dr. Sean, I actually met him because I won a raffle on his Instagram. Not, not even as a coach to be one of his clients because I was dealing with some back pain uh, a little while ago. And that's how this kind of all snowballed into me working with him. Um, I took the, one of his flexibility courses, uh, workshops. I enrolled in his uh, member, mentorship program, the first one that he had going. Um, at the time, I was working at a corporate gym. Uh, working six days a week, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m., uh, very few breaks in between, um, doing over 100 sessions a month, like grinding, grinding. Um, and then since then, I transitioned to CrossFit Queens, in Astoria, New York, uh, started building out a personal training program there where we brought over two uh, other trainers that I worked with for the past five years at um, the gym I used to work at. Um, so now we have three trainers there. Um, everyone's making more money. Everyone's working a little less. Um, cause for us, it wasn't even about making more money at the time. Yes. Making more money is kind of like a side effect, but it was more about being able to work less while making more money or the same amount of money because we were doing fine. We were making enough money. We were, um, just working too much. We were running ourselves into the ground. So we made, the, I made the transition over, started the program, started building up some clientele and then brought them over. They brought their clients over. And now um, we're actually looking on to bring on a few more trainers um, because that's how well it's going there. So there's a lesson there for everybody that I want, I want to kind of shed some light on. And when Steven entered the contest, we were trying to gain exposure for our clinic you know, it was like, let's get people into the clinic. So a bunch of people entered this contest by, you know, tagging and whatever they had to do on Instagram. Of course, I'm looking at who entered the contest and making a decision about who I think we're going to be able to help the most and who's going to be the most beneficial person to be in our clinic. We chose Steven. And now here we are, three and a half, four years later, whatever it is, on a podcast, talking about how much success he's had in business which started with an Instagram post responding to a contest. Yeah. I just think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and I also remember, uh, we'll get into this in a minute, but the phone call that we had where you were like, I'm going to have to borrow the money to do this course. And said, you should borrow the money to do this course. Then. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so Jonah, let's hear from you. And then we'll get into the questions I have prepared for you guys. Awesome. Uh, I'm John O'Bullington. So um, really my first exposure to active life was as a client, um, not as a one-on-one -on -one client, but I had been having a lot of shoulder pain uh, from just competing in CrossFit, um, nothing at a crazy high level, but, you know, just kind of the, the person who would compete in a lot of maybe too many competitions. So I was having shoulder pain, did bulletproof shoulders, saw kind of the structure of that. And it really worked for me. And I bought into the coach program online where there were training videos. I learned the assessment. Uh, and then, you know, there came a point where for me as a coach, only making about $1,400 per month just wasn't going to cut it as a career. 
Um, and so I really had to get, you know, into a, into some kind of training with someone who would teach me how to like level up this whole, you know, fitness, you know, side thing that I had. Um, so that's when I got into the mentorship with Sean and, um, you know, probably about you know, four months later, I had 4X that. It was a big deal for me because I had never come from a background in sales of, you know, anything talking about money or, or one-on-ones or anything like that. I was just a regular CrossFit coach, coaching classes and coaching a lot of classes, coaching in the morning, coaching in the evening. Um, and it just wasn't working for my wife and I. Um, so that's where I'm coming from is just kind of that quote unquote regular coach who's, you know, feeling that pain of like, I love this field. I have such a passion for this field, but it's just not working, right? It's not, it's not sustainable. I have to go and do something else. I have to forgo my passion for fitness, for helping people um, to go do something so I can simply, you know, have a comfortable lifestyle or at the very minimum, even just pay bills. And so for me, that was massive, massive pain there. Um, and the mentorship, um, and, and other uh, avenues with, with active life have been able to um, mitigate that. I love it. Thank you guys for your candid introductions. That was some cool stuff. So as we get into this now, um, I want you guys to know that when I ask a question, if you feel like you can bring value to the answer, just feel free to jump in. You don't need me to call on you and you know tell you that it's your turn to talk. If you think that there's something that you can add that isn't being said, feel free to jump in. Cool. All right. So the first question that I have, I, I will direct towards, um, I'll direct it towards Samantha. And before you started the course, I know that you had some serious apprehension about doing it. You know, um, the immersion. Yeah. The, yes. Yes. Okay. So I know John O kind of went through what you would consider a, a perfect ascension funnel for any company. What I mean by that is Jono came in and was like, I'm going to do Bulletproof because that's inexpensive. It was like $39 at the time. Then it was, all right, I'll do the coach program. That was $200 or $100 at the time, whatever it was. And then it was, okay, I'll, I, there's enough trust built here. I'll buy the next big thing from them. And that was like 5,000 bucks. And I don't know if you had it or not, but you bought it. Samantha, yeah, didn't have it. <laughs> How'd you get it, by the way? Jono. He might be frozen. Jonah, how'd you get the money if you didn't have it? Right. So, so for, for that, I did not take out a credit card, um, but we did have it in savings. Now it was kind of one of those situations like, let's not touch this. Right. So that's where it's coming from. Cool. All right. So, so, so Samantha, you did not go through one of those Ascension funnels, if you will. So how, how did, what were the apprehensions that you had before jumping into the immersion program? Well, I actually, I did do bulletproof shoulders at one point. Oh, so you did. Shoulders. And I was a, I was a believer. <laughs> so, and I went to the workshop. All right. But then I, I was, I was like, I like this, this is valuable information, but Dave and I both didn't really know what to do with it. Then I saw the immersion and I was like, this really sounds like it's something for gym owners. And so I, my hope at the time was like that Dave, the, the gym, the owner of our gym was going to do it and then teach me. That was really what I was hoping for. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it on this date. And the way when you guys offered it, it was like either 10, 
15 in the morning or like 1 15 in the afternoon and I work in a school full time. So I, I can't make that work. So I just was, I been, had been thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And then finally, like I had this gut feeling that I should do it, but I really, at the time I was about to purchase a car, which I did do. And so shipping, you know, spending $5,000 on something I was pretty unsure about was not something I was kind of gung ho about doing. Um, but I think after seeing more and more posts, I had, you had built up enough trust in me and I actually had sent you an email saying, Hey, basically, do you think this is a good idea for me as a coach or should I, or is this really meant for Dave, the gym owner? And before you had even responded to me, cause you didn't respond fast enough. <laughs> I just, I, I paid for it and I was like, well, hopefully this is going to work out in the end, which I did again again yesterday was it was it like a yeah, yesterday yesterday was a much bigger one i think yesterday you yeah. bought the uh samantha just ponied up twenty thousand dollars yesterday to be in the professional i did i did and i'm still thinking about it but it better <laughs> work out <laughs> i promise it will work out um it will more than work out now um nick you had a very different path in you were like you were ready for this before we even had it nick what was it about? What do you mean? You, what do you mean? When I was at the workshop with you in mm-hmm. Minnesota, you were ready, like you were asking me at the workshop, hey, what's next? Oh, yeah. What do I do next? For sure. Why were you so confident that the next step was a necessary one for you? Um, I don't know. I had uh, confidence in what I had seen, just of, you know, what I had seen and heard you say on Instagram. And I know that a lot of my beliefs were in line with things that you had said. Um, but I knew that, um, I needed more than just another, um, workshop. Like I've, I mean, at that point I've been to so many weekend workshops in eight years or seven years, whatever at that point. Um, and I know I needed more, like that workshop was great, but it wasn't what was going to get me and my business to where I wanted it to be. And that's really the problem I was looking to have solved, right? To be honest, the workshop was probably just, uh, it was just a low barrier of entry to meet Sean, right? And then I got in, I loved what I learned in the workshop, but met Sean and knew that I needed something more to get me where I wanted to go. Cool, I can dig it. And then, and then now, Steven, I know that you, for example, had to take out a loan to do the first course. So how did you get over the hump of this is scary, this is going to be expensive, I'm going to do it anyway? Like what, what made you decide, yeah, okay, we'll do it? Uh, well, there's two things. First thing was the fact that you, I think you spent like 45 minutes on the phone call with me kind of walking me through and kind of reassuring me that the five grand will be worth it. Second thing uh, is, uh, my support system at home, my wife, my parents who actually gave me the loan. They're like, listen, if this is your career, this is what you're looking to do. And you really believe in, uh, this guy, Dr. Sean, who they Googled you up and tried finding everything about you (laughs) as they gave me the money. Uh, they said, then of course we're going to, we're going to, uh, spot you the money if you need it. Awesome. And so the 45 minute phone call, this is, this is for anybody out there who's looking to help people in, in their gym, right? This, this coaches, gym owners, things like that. That was a 45 minute, technically a sales call. Yeah. 
right? But the intention of the call from my end wasn't to be like, close Stephen Ferguson at all costs. It was to find out if you were right for it and then to have a conversation with you about why I thought you were or why I thought you weren't when it was over. Is that how it felt for you? Yeah, I definitely, like, obviously I knew it was a sales call and obviously I know that was the point of it, but I never got the the feeling of being pressured, like I had to do this, like I really felt, and we've, we've known each other for a while before that actually happened, so I felt comfortable with the conversation we were having, uh, you were, we were talking about my personal life and like where I was and where I wanted to be and the connection of how this mentorship program would kind of take me to the next step because like we, we talked about earlier, um, I wanted to have start a family and middle of that mentorship program, my wife got pregnant. So it all kind of worked out like perfect timing where I took that big step before uh, the big step in my life, my personal life happened. Yeah. And, and that the point I want people to understand there is that I knew when we were talking that I felt like you needed this, that this is going to be a beneficial course for you. And I wanted, I was very comfortable pushing you to do it because I thought that it was a valuable and necessary step for you to take. So when people are out there looking to get clients to work with them personally, um, it's imperative that they push people appropriately, that they give people the opportunity to buy. So Chris Spigner, um, you flew up from Grand Cayman for the first workshop that you came to. And one of the biggest hurdles that people have in coming to get education from us or from anybody else is it's not convenient. I have, you know, I'm not going to fly across the country to do that. I'm not going to drive two hours for that. What made you decide I'm going to get in a plane and fly up from Grand Cayman to New York? Um, to be honest with you, just, uh, the trust that was built through, uh, your social media, to be honest with you. Um, we sit there and we see the videos and we see how you're helping people and different types of people. Um, it builds a connection after a while. If somebody, um, like Nick said, like you say things that speak in the way I do, or I want to speak with clients. And I was like, hell, you know, I've got an opportunity to do this. Um, the, the other nice part of it is the gym does split those things with us as long as uh, we can come back and put something with it. Um, so that made the, it a little bit easier. But I felt like I needed to know what you guys were teaching people. For some reason, I, I felt pretty confident in my coaching abilities, but I didn't want another cert. I didn't know much about flexibility. I didn't really think about it a whole lot besides bands and all of that stuff. So... I just needed to, I needed to know if it was as good as it looked, to be honest with you. I'll take it. That's fair. I also think that there's a lesson there for people to hear, especially the gym owners. The fact that you had an owner or an ownership that was so supportive of you doing this made it easier for you to come. And now you're back at that gym. And what is, like, what have you done with the program? I know you built out the seven mile corrective. You talked about that to start. Would you tell people what that is? And then when he's done, Samantha, I want to hear about the program that you got going at SOAR. Uh, so like we discussed before, just that, just that assessment, that flexibility assessment was so empowering for me to just walk up to people and be like, I know why your back hurts when you run or I have 
a good idea. Can we do this free assessment? Just let's do it right now after you finish running. Let's try this. And being able to take that such a small piece of what you guys, I figured you guys had made such a massive difference in people who I was getting to work with, more personal training, more clients I was getting to work with that doing the immersion program seemed like a no brainer. Um, after doing that, I thought I had an idea where on our island and maybe where everybody else is too, there's a big gap between, you know, I've done my, I've done, I've had surgery or I have an injury and I'm going to my chiropractor or my physiotherapist and it's not working. Or my doctor told me to stop doing what I hurt myself doing, which for most of us isn't going to happen. Or if you, we're still going to be active. Um, and so there was this gap between those people and the coaches. And what I went thought I could do is there are two physiotherapists. There's a few physiotherapists and a few chiropractors on this Island that I had worked with personally before. And every once in a while we'd refer people clients because we spoke the same language. And so when I went out to them after doing the immersion program, I was like, I want to create a program where we work together to fix the client, not in a referral way of you're going to pay me. I'm going to pay you. It was just, Hey, this is out of my scope. I know you're not going to tell my client to stop working out because they've hurt their wrist. You're going to give them do's and don'ts. We'll discuss it. Now we're both saying the same thing to the client instead of my client heard from the physiotherapist, don't do this, the doctor to stop doing all of this. And now I'm telling them to do something different. Now the client gets frustrated. So what we built is a network of people, uh, physiotherapists, chiropractors, and myself, which we're going to build out a little farther to where we're all communicating with each other to help somebody get out of pain for whatever it is without stopping them from doing what they want to do. And so far it's been really successful. That's so the gym owner is winning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's also helped retain people that were in the gym that were on their way of going out because they have these annoying injuries. So before they leave, I see, we could see that happening and I would go up to them and be like, let's do an assessment. Maybe let's take you out of class for three, six months. Let's fix these issues. And then you can go back to class if you want to. So it's also let us retain and only bring in new clients. We wouldn't have talked to that want to do anything CrossFit related to start with. And it's also helped us keep and retain people who are just about to leave due to injuries that they were frustrated with in group class. Yeah, a crazy statistic about that. I, I recently did the math. Is if your gym charges $150 a month, 150, and you're losing two members per month because they're uncomfortable or in pain or whatever it is, they're not having fun anymore because something hurts. And that's common. The cost of that when you compound it, 150 times two for 12 months, then 150 times two for 11 months, then 150 times two for 10, because you're losing two new members each month. It's $24,300 a year. Two members a month at $150 for 12 months in, a, in the beginning and an end. Forget about year two and year three and year four and how that compounds. In one 12-month period, a gym that loses two members per month loses $24,300. It was already there. That's crazy. Hmm. think about your marketing budget people for a lot of you guys it's zero because you're not like you, you don't know how to use it and that's okay for now it won't be for long but $24,000 out the door so Samantha 
what does your program look like at SOAR? Because I know that it's, it's not dissimilar, but also not the same as what Chris does. Basically, um, when I signed up for the immersion in February, uh, we ran our first in-house workshop. You know, at this, we ran a workshop for anybody who was in pain or modifying movements and didn't want to modify forever. And so the workshop... That, that was the workshop that we teach in the immersion, yes? Yes, 100%. Yep, okay. exactly how you outlined it. Somebody had posted in the, our Active Life Facebook group how to post it on social media. We literally just copied and pasted it, and it we limited it to 10 people and sold it out the same day. So we were like, <laughs> this is great. Like, this is nuts. Um, we were like, we're going to have to, like, bribe some people to come, make it look good. Didn't have to. So after that, um, basically we created a package for people who came to that workshop of a strength balance assessment plus, uh, PT sessions with me or at the time the owner, Dave, um, everybody signed up. We did another one in March and this was just me, Dave. Oh, everybody signed up again. And then I was at the point where it's like, what are we calling this? Because it's not CrossFit sore. We're not doing CrossFit. We're helping people get out of pain. And we literally were calling it active life type stuff. And we're like, this doesn't work. We need to brand it. Um, people are still calling it active life type stuff. And I get annoyed. Um, but basically, we sat there and we came up with repair and rebuild, which is what it is. And we have, we have sectioned off the gym with weight plates and dumbbell racks. So they're in the front end of our gym, which is about, I don't know, 10, 12 yards by six yard area right now. Um, it's only for personal training when I have one-on-one clients and people who are in my custom programming through True Coach app to come in on their own time to use it. So we, we the demand was high enough where we had to A, come up with a name and B, create a space for it that previously was just open for anybody in class. And so you, I know that you've now put what, 30 people through the program, 30 people through the assessment workshop. And yeah, so I currently have 20. Yeah. We put 30 people through the, the program. Yeah. Those workshops. Cause we did three and 10 people at each. Um, out of those 30, I have 20, one-on-one -on -one clients that are either one-on-one -on -one in person with me or custom programming. And I have about four or five lined up for the next two weeks that are new. So it's just not stopping. Yeah. Well, and so, so for people who are listening, who don't know the purpose of those workshops is to be able to demonstrate to your clients, the problems that they have that they're unaware of. And when you can show them that they have a problem that's causing them discomfort that they're unaware of, and that you know how to solve that problem for them, why wouldn't they buy? And it's one of those things right. where people get into fields like accounting and law and medical because there will always be a need for doctors, lawyers, and accountants. There's also always going to be a need for a coach who can help somebody get out of pain that doesn't want to be in the doctor's office because there's always people who don't want to be there. Now, Stephen, you did things a little bit differently. You went and actually propositioned yourself to a gym that you didn't work at. Can you talk about how you did that? Because one of the things that we talk to people about, they'll say like, oh, well, I'm, 
you know, I'm moving to a new city and I want to get settled first, or I, you know, I'm, I'm looking to get a coaching job. I don't have one yet. And what I would love for you to be able to do is explain to people how you took a skill set that you had, went to a gym and said, Hey, my skill set can bring value to your gym. Would you allow me to do that? Yeah. So, uh, one of the coaches from CrossFit Queens was actually coming to the gym I was working at to kind of get out of their own gym and just have a little free time for themselves. And I kind of met him through a, a mutual friend. Um, and then as I was going through a mentorship program, I just approached him and said, Hey, listen, like, this is what I'm looking to do. Would you think this is something that we can implement at your gym? And he's like, absolutely. So he set up a meeting with uh, the owner, myself and him. And we sat down and basically the discussion went, um, was we, he showed me the back room cause they have a back room that's separate from the gym. And he said, what would you be doing here? And then I just sat down and said, this is what I do. Um, I can help people. Um, I've been doing it for the past five years. I can help them, um, meet their specific goals, um, help them get out of pain with these simple, was it six assessments and just get them back into your class and, um, have better retention for your members. Um, so what we implemented now is every member who comes into Cross of Queens has to go through an assessment and has to do one month of personal training. I love it. So uh, I want you to actually go a little bit deeper there because I think that people listening to this need to know what did you physically say that wasn't, hey, uh, you guys are doing a shitty job and I can make it better. So let me do that. Because I think that that's what people picture when they go in to talk to gyms. In fact, I talked to a guy recently who's in the immersion program now who we gave the same kind of advice I gave to you. Go approach a gym who has the clientele who could use the one-on-one training culture and doesn't have it. I didn't nuance that conversation for him. And English is not his first language. And he doesn't live in the US. He lives in Singapore. And he walked into the most established gym in the country and said, hey, um, people are getting hurt here. I can help you. And they were like, get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) So I had a phone call with him and I explained how to to fix that. But I would love for you to tell people kind of how you got your foot in that door. Um, Yeah, so I definitely didn't take that approach. Um, (laughs) The the gym that I went to is Crossley Queens and they have pretty well established uh, coaches slash athletes that have been to to regionals and games and things like that. And they definitely have built up a reputation, a good reputation in the past few years. Um, A few years back, um, a lot of their members were actually coming to New York Sports Club um, because they weren't happy with what was going on. And at the time I transitioned to they were actually getting a better reputation. So I didn't actually have to take the route of this is what you guys need help with. I just went with the route of this is what I can add to what you guys are already doing so that you can continue to grow and build this good reputation that you guys have. Perfect. I love it. Thank you. And Nick Stram, from a, from a business owner perspective, you're the only person in this group who is a gym owner. Uh, how would you want somebody to come to you and offer the opportunity to do this kind of service at your gym? Um, I think probably the best way would be building a relationship first. Um, 
funny. I was just on a conversation with John when we were talking about how um, there's a lot of good CrossFit coaches and there's a lot of CrossFit coaches I wouldn't want to be coached by. But no matter what, they all think they're really good. Um, and people don't like to, I, in my opinion, a lot of coaches don't like to look in the mirror and see where there's big gaps. And they definitely don't want someone to walk in and show them that gap right away. Um, so I think building that relationship and building trust in some way, um, you know, maybe it's becoming a member there for a month and building that relationship and saying, Hey, here's what I do. Can I add value? I think would be a good way to go about it. Um, if someone were to walk into my gym and tell me what they would do better, I like to think I'm a very open-minded person, but I'd probably, it, it would, it would very much depend on the relationship I have with them. So I guess my best advice would be build a relationship. What about somebody coming in and saying, Hey, I'm a, I'm a personal trainer. I'm not a CrossFitter. I'm a personal trainer like mm-hmm. Stephen Ferguson, for example. I know your gym wasn't technically a CrossFit gym either. Um, right. And I, I would love to be a part of the team that you have at your gym. Would you be open to getting a cup mm-hmm. of coffee with me and shooting, shooting the breeze on some of the ideas that I have for how I could maybe bring you guys some value? Sure. So I think then it is, it would be on... Showing them the value proposition of how you can add to that gym um, and that you're not just there to be a leech to take away, right? Like showing them genuinely what value you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's going to come from questions. You know, the biggest mistake that I think most people make is they would take the gym owner out for coffee and they're like, all right, so here's what I want to do. And the mm-hmm. gym owner is like, well, we already do something just like that, so I'm not really interested. And you didn't ask first. So you don't know what they do that's like that, but not exactly the same, which means it won't work the way that what you would do would work. And now you're screwed and you can't get yourself in. So always sure. start off with questions. And, and my advice to coaches who are looking to do that in someone else's gym is take that person out for coffee, go into that gym, join that gym is a great idea. Uh, and then just ask them, hey, you know, I had some ideas for the gym, but I have some questions before I even suggest them to do you mind if we grab a cup of coffee and I ask you some questions about your gym I have so much respect for the way you run it and if that's not true you shouldn't be in that gym anyway because why go to a gym that you don't respect um and now Chris I know that it wasn't that difficult for you to convince your owner the gym owner not your personal owner as far as I know, to chip in and have you do this. How would you recommend that a coach who's in a gym that doesn't exactly have the same culture that you guys have at Seven Mile Corrective or at Seven Mile Strength and Fitness, how would they tell their owner how important this is and why they should do it? I like, I kind of like the approach that you just talked about as well and being able to go ask the owner, okay, what are our issues with retention? Is it because we're not reaching out and talking to people? Is it because people are getting hurt? Uh, what are our issues with retention? And then I already had this idea kind of in place. So before, as we were talking about this pro the immersion program, I was like, this is what I want to do. Cause this is the step that I think I need to get to here. Here's how it's going to benefit the gym. Um, that made it a much easier conversation than me just walking up and saying, Hey, do you want to split this money with me so I can go learn more? Um, 
that conversation made it much easier. Hey, this is where we're losing a few people. This is what's happening. Here's my plan after I go and take the immersion program that's going to benefit myself, the members, and you, the owner. Would you like to be a part of it? Well, and so what's funny is you, you keep on going back to the retention thing. And that's how this whole thing started. You know, our, our immediate idea for this was gyms are losing people because they're hurt and they don't know. You know, there's, there's, there's an adage I like to say that if you interviewed 100 CrossFit gym owners, or if you were in an auditorium with 100 CrossFit gym owners, I'm only using CrossFit because most people know CrossFit who listen to our content. This could be any gym, commercial gym, personal training. It could be a orange theory, right? It doesn't matter. And F45, if you put a hundred of those business owners or coaches in a room and said, people get hurt doing what you guys coach people to do. Every single person in that room would say 100% that's correct. 100 people in that room would also say, just not where I do it. <laughs> so, yeah. so the, our thought was let's build an assessment so that we can make it easy for coaches to figure out how to do this. You came to the first ever workshop that we did and you were like, okay, so now what's next? And I kind of said, I have no idea. It was like, yeah, we've got these, here's how you, you have bad ankles or you, sorry, you don't have bad ankles. You don't have full flexion of your ankles. I can show you this. And then I was like, okay, cool. Like I have some knowledge, but what, what the fuck do I do with it now? <laughs> it was like that. Uh, I forget the commercial for uh, who does it, but they're like, Oh, someone's robbing the bank, but I'm just a security monitor. I don't, yeah, I exactly. Do that. so, yeah, that's, go ahead, that's how Dave and I kind of were. We were like, it's deadlifting day, feet together, knees locked out. See if you can touch the floor. You can't. Well, you're never pulling from the ground again. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so the cool thing for me is that you guys, the two of you, were were actually a, a good driving force to create follow up programs that we built to make sure that other people could do this stuff. So I appreciate you guys pushing us on that. And to, to keep on going down that path, I remember Chris calling you and saying, I want to teach people how to communicate and sell this to their members. What do you think? Like, is, is it a good idea for us to teach people how to make money with this? And you were like, I don't know. I feel like there's people doing that. And you know, it's not what I come to you guys for. It's not where the expertise that, that I know you guys to have is. And I agreed with you that we didn't have that expertise demonstrated to the public yet. I also felt like we needed to do it. So we spent like the next year building credibility around doing that before we started telling people we can teach them how to make money using these techniques. Mm. Now, Jono, you are probably the person in this group who I would say has the most clear and evident obstacles to this being successful because anybody who lives where you coach would say that there's no market for one-on-one -on -one training at that price here, right? I mean, you were at a sales workshop with me in Charlotte and everybody there was listening to the things that I was saying about building out a one-on-one -on -one training program and nodding their heads and smiling. And there were like some giggles going back and forth. And all of that was about, yeah, but you don't understand. You're a New Yorker. That shit doesn't work here. And then I was like, Jonah, would you tell them your story, please? And everybody's assholes puckered. It was like, I mean, it was silence. Jaws were wide open. Butts were tight. And everyone was listening. So would you tell them, the audience now, a little bit of um, like the, the obstacle of 
we don't make millions of dollars here. Like, I don't know how you expect me to spend that. How, how did you overcome that? Yeah, so it's it's totally true. You know, so the, the place that I'm at is in Greenwood, South Carolina. And if you don't know where that is, then you're with the other 99% of everybody in the world. <laughs> so, and a very, a small town with a, a median household income of $27,000. That's household. That's not individual. Yes. I mean, that's, that's not, yeah, that's not each person in the house. That's household. Yes. So, so think about that for a few seconds and then take, you know, the fact that we never did have a one-on-one culture. You know, we were, we modeled the group class and rather we sold the group class as look, you're with the trainer. It's on, it's essentially like being with one on one-on-one with a coach um, you know, you get your programming and you get your community. Um, and so, you know, probably about four years of that, um, going on, implementing that one-on-one culture was not easy, especially at the price point that it needed to be at. Um, and so it was a, it was a massive obstacle for me personally, because I had never really had any sales training. Um, but also the, the market was very specific. Um, but you know, Things needed to be in place for me as a coach and as a person who would be having those conversations. Um, but then the value of it also needed to be demonstrated in a way that said, okay, I, I have the knowledge, but I also have the ability to communicate to you, the client, you know, or the member that this is worth paying that price. And do you remember what happened the first time that you told somebody it was going mean, to, what did you tell them it was going to cost? That's actually a good question to ask too. Right. So, you know, when I first started doing it, the prices were a lot lower. Um, but <laughs> I think I started the idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. For me, it was, you know, I started with 12, I think it was 12 sessions, you know, it was like my, it was like my top, you know, my top uh, offer or whatever, which, you know, I needed that right mm-hmm. for me. But, um, but the 12 was, gosh, I mean, I'm really trying to think back for an hour session so for our sessions 12 hour sessions it was probably i don't know it was like a thousand dollars or something I, I i'm really trying to think of the number but i don't know what it is but it's very underpriced either way so you're, talking, com- you're talking about four percent of somebody's household income for 12. right yeah and so it was a very awkward conversation one because i had never been having those conversations up until that point mm-hmm. uh, but two i mean you know it's it's the, I mean, the median household income is $27,000. Like here, go ahead and give me, you know, a lot of that. And I want you to do it over and over again too, by the way. Right. So, so now what's your biggest package? Right. So for, we do 24, uh, package sessions. We also do, we do six months. So we do have a six month package and that's priced at, um, a little under 4,000. So this, yeah, it depends on how many they're doing a week, how many sessions that they're doing a week. Um, but, but yes, we have them up to, uh, 4,000 and that's just for the one-on-ones. So if they are doing group classes or whatever else, it's on top of that as well. And what's your split with the gym? Just curiously. Right. So, um, as of now we do a 70, 30, and on some things, depending on who acquires the... Hold on, wait, wait. Um, Before you get there, who's the 70? Me. Okay. So the gym is making 30% on that. Mm-hmm. 
Has your gym owner ever been like, uh, we got to change this. I'm not happy with the way this is going. Right. We have had that conversation. Um, and you know, for, for us, it's been seeing and trying to communicate with one another. Let's, you know, make this pie bigger mm-hmm. instead of splitting this pie and trying to divvy out and be like a couple of hyenas trying to just get at this, you know, whole one-on-one thing. So what's the um, plan going forward on that? Right. So we've upped the prices so that for me as a coach, I can still be making what I need to make per session and that the owner feels fairly treated. And so we've gone, we've started to go away from just a strict percentage and instead going into, okay, what do I need to make? What does the gym need to make to feel essentially fairly treated and moving forward with that? But so, so ultimately I'm trying to help people nail down something to do on their own. Ultimately there's a number that you want to get per session, right? For yourself. Yes. What is that? So it's $60. Okay. And then there's a number that the owner wants to get on a session. Yes. And I imagine that that's what around 30. Yeah. Or maybe even a little bit more. So, right. so, so you were just like, okay, look, I was making 70%, but now the owner is going to make more, a larger percentage. I'm going to make a smaller percentage, but the same number because it's what I need to make. You guys so, worked it backwards which is fine. The way that most people are working it right now is the gym is taking that large percentage and then giving the owner, just, you know, the, the coach just like, Hey, here's a, here's a, here's some table scraps. What I want people to hear from what you just did is that it's okay. If you're in a share right now, that doesn't work. It's not okay. If you know that it doesn't work and you don't change it. Right. So it's not okay. If you know, it doesn't work and you keep it. And when the gym and the coach can come together and recognize that for either one of you to be winning long-term, both of you need to be winning long-term, then changes can be made about how money is shared and how much money something costs to make sure that nobody gets hurt. And that's, that's, that's a message that I think is important that people hear. So one of the things I would love for each of you guys to share, if you each have a story that comes to mind is I know a lot of people get into the fitness business with no thought of money at all. They're like, I'm not in this for the money. I get it. I'm like, I I totally understand. I, I was the guy who gave free stuff away all the time and never got anybody what I wanted them to get or them get what they wanted to get because it was free and I couldn't afford the time that it took to follow up and to build progressions. I was already working 17 hour days. So, and they weren't getting the results and I wasn't making any money and nobody was happy. So we've already talked about money enough. I think, I mean, we talked about Samantha uh, 14xing her income. We talked about Steven making a little bit more money in a lot less time. Jono 4xing Spagner. I think, what do you 4x yourself? And Nick 4x's gym and then sold it. So we know that this can make money. What I would love to hear about now is if each of you guys have kind of like a story in your head about a client who this kind of information helped you help in a way that previously you wouldn't have been able to. So that people listening who have a hard time thinking about the money can think about the impact that they can have. Does anybody want to go first? I'll jump in, I guess. Hit him with it. All right. Uh, so it was actually when I first transitioned to, to Cross of Queens, uh, a member approached me and said that she's been dealing with uh, some back issues. 
And she would go on and off uh, doing classes, not doing classes, not really sure what to do. Um, so she approached me because I was the only trainer there. All the other coaches doing group classes. And we started working together. We did the assessments, realized that her ankles are putting her in bad position for when she does like squats and things, which is really stressing out her back, things like that. Uh, we've been working together probably the whole time now, uh, just about a year, a little bit over a year. Uh, she's back squ uh, squat snatching, hitting PRs, no back pain. Um, we've been working with her core a little bit too because we realized that's a, a weak point for her because um, she just needs to strengthen her core a little bit more. So we're addressing that issue now as well. But she couldn't be happier. I mean, she's doing things that she didn't think she'd be able to do. And part of the conversation that we had to have was – that she can't do the things that she wants to do right now, but she will be able to do them if she like trusts the process. As as cliche as that sounds, trust the process, and now she's doing the things that she didn't think she'd be able to do pain free. So I think I think it's awesome to see that happen as like one of the first people to actually approach me when I took this venture to start. That's very cool. I appreciate you sharing that. Who else has a story? I'll jump I'll in. I'll go. Um, oh, go ahead. Chris, you froze for a moment there, so John took the opportunity. <laughs> go for it. All right, so uh, I, we had a lady come in who was actually referred to us by uh, the chiropractor that I see here in Greenwood. Um, the chiropractor and I have a pretty good relationship in just, you know, um, as just, you know, professionals. And so he referred uh, this woman to us uh, because he thought that I could help. So one, that's pretty cool. Um, but she had severe sciatic, uh, pain. So she would, her job required her to drive long distances. Um, so probably about, you know, twice a week, she would have to make probably about a, probably about a four to five hour drive, um, you know, there and back. So a lot of sciatic pain, waking her up at night, you know, trouble sleeping and, and, everything like that. And for anybody who's had sciatic pain, you know, that it's just a terrible experience. So, uh, but when we, when she came in, we did somewhat of our foundations, uh, uh, intro, of course it was preceded by the assessment. Um, and we found, you know, some varying issues with her. Um, but she was not fit for the group classes and it was kind of a hard conversation to have with her and saying like, okay, look, you come in to, you know, essentially, you know, be a part of a community, but you have this sciatic pain that you've been referred to us because of, you know, the other chiropractor. Um, and so she, we had to have that conversation of, look, this is what you need. You need to do 24 sessions and we need an hour because you have a host of issues. Um, and so she paid it. We got to go on two weeks later. She was out of sciatic pain. And so, yes, two weeks. And so was she like, Hey, what are we going to do with the other 18 sessions? Exactly. And it was like, <laughs> she was like, yeah, I, uh, sciatic pain's not hurt anymore. So cool. I was like, all right, well, uh, what else do you want to do? But you know, there, were, there was other stuff to work on, of course. But, um, was she but it was, angry by the way, I, I'm curious, was she angry that she bought? No, she was absolutely thrilled. Um, because you know, it was just like, this great, it was this very gradual and yet quick for her, at least it was this quick, you know, process of, 
okay, wow, um, these things we've been doing have been working for me. And now I don't uh, wake up in the middle of the night hurting and having this crazy burning sensation on my leg uh, when I sit in a car or even when I just sleep. And so it was like, well, that's gone. How do you feel now? And it was just, it was awesome. You know, it was awesome to experience that as a coach, like being there with that person and her showing up one day and be like, guess what? I don't have any pain anymore. And being like, oh, really? You know, I mean, like, you know that you're doing the right thing. And yet you always kind of doubt yourself as a coach being like, well, what if this doesn't work? You know, and there's part of that having confidence in yourself and your knowledge. But there's also always that thing, at least for me, in the back of my head saying like, you know, you really better solve this problem because this person just paid you thousands of dollars to do it. Yeah, I had a conversation with a guy today about doing the professional path. He wants to jump in and he's like, my business is only making $3,000 a month, three. And he's like, I, 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 need, I feel like I need to buy the professional path, which for those of you guys who are listening here for the first time, it's, it's not cheap. It's $2,000 a month or $20,000 a year. And he's like, I, I feel like I need to do it. I don't know. What do you think? And I'm like, well, look, let me give it to you this way. And I did believe he needed it because when we did the math on his membership, if his gym got to the capacity that he saw his gym at, he wouldn't be able to clear expenses at the prices that he was charging. So he hadn't backed into his numbers. He had just said, this is what the industry charges is what I need to charge. And I told him, if you offer a different service, you don't need to charge what the industry charges. But anyway, I told him, along the lines of what you just said, Jono, if you give that money to Active Life as an investment on your own growth, and you believe that I'm a decent human being who owns this company, and I take it, can you imagine the amount of pressure that that puts on me to make sure that that investment was a wise one? Like, I get that, you know, you're going to be stressed about this for sure, and it needs to hurt. I'm also going to be stressed about this, and I'm going to make sure that there's no doubt you get that money back. In fact, I offered to coach him between now and when the course starts to make sure he starts making that money, to which we're going to be working together. So, Spigner, you had a story you wanted to tell. Why don't you go ahead and tell us? Yeah, I have three of them that are kind of all the same. They all correspond with each other. I had two guys came in that had had a previous back surgery um, from injuries they sustained when they were younger. One guy came in and sat down with me, and we were discussing this, and he said he couldn't pick his baby up out of the crib, um, which was very because of the pain in his back, and he was scared to bend over. And he also said, so we live on an island, right? So a lot of times your water is delivered in jugs, the big blue jugs. And he looked at me right before we finished. He goes, you know what I really want to do? When the, when the water truck comes, I want to pick up the water jugs, not my wife. But I can't, I can't do it. And he goes, I'm fucking sick of it. The third guy came, second guy came in. And he had his water bottle sitting on the floor. And I was like, all right, grab your water bottle. Let's go back here to the back and have a chat. And he curtsied and picked up his water bottle. <laughs> and I looked at him, I go, what the fuck did you just do? <laughs> he goes, I don't bend over. I was like, what do you mean you don't bend over? He goes, I don't, I don't hinge. I don't do that. He goes, it's too scary. I, if I do that, I know I'm, I have a 50, 50 chance of getting hurt and not standing back up. And then we had another lady that came in and she just had a disectomy and trainers had told her all these years to, she needed to squat. She needed to get this stronger. And, um, she's like, I just don't want to hurt again. I don't want to have to go through that again. Well, working with these guys, they, again, like you said, they've put in the time, they're trusting you with this. They tell you these stories and 
you, that's the whole point of this is to help people get out of that. So now the guy can pick up his baby. He's winning long drive competitions or when he goes and plays golf, the second guy deadlifts 155 pounds and told me, you know, he hasn't been hundred percent pain free in years. In the past three weeks, he's had no pain anywhere in his, in his back anymore. And, um, the girl who had the disectomy is now hinging. It's, they're all progressing and to see the look on their faces when they start to see this happen and it just kind of keeps going on. It's, it's yes, we want to get paid to be a professional, but Jesus Christ, that's why we host, we all started doing this when we weren't getting paid to do it. So being able to put those two things together, it's just a drive force to continue to, to learn and then, and then proceed and and take these programs farther. And I think that the thing for people who are listening to this to make sure that they heard was, the first one was a patient referred to Jono from a doctor. The second one is Chris Wagner works with doctors on his island. Sorry, all three of those were referred to me as well. Okay, perfect. So we're not teaching people to play doctor. There are problems that coaches can't solve that doctors need to solve. And there are problems that doctors can't solve that coaches need to solve. That's what we're trying to help people figure out the answer to. Which ones should they be working with? Um, Samantha and Nick, do you have anything you guys want to share on that front? Yeah. Um, I had, uh, we have a mother and a daughter that have joined our gym. I'm going to say sometime in February, they joined the gym going to regular classes. I never really saw them because they came, um, nine ish and I was at school. Uh, my third workshop, they both attended. They're both now current clients of mine, but, um, and no longer in classes. Um, the mother, uh, had a back fusion about a year ago because she had whatever led to the back fusion. Um, didn't ask her about that, but, uh, she is an ER nurse and she works nights and sometimes her nights get extended over time and she'll be on her feet for sometimes 16 hours straight. And she was, and I posted about this on social media, she was taking uh, 1,200 milligrams of ibuprofen every single day. Well, yeah, every every day. And she's a nurse, and she knew that wasn't really great for her liver, Um, but she was just needed to get through the day. She was in so much pain. Um, We started working in the beginning of May, and our session, like two weeks ago, she was like, you know, I have been taking a lot less ibuprofen. I'm like, what's a lot less? Like, what what were you taking before? We didn't even talk about this. I was taking about, you know, three pills four times a day. And I'm like, that's a lot. She said now, there's days where she comes, she's like, I haven't taken it in three days. Sometimes she takes, sometimes 600 milligrams a day, like a week, I mean. So she's, it was like 48 pills a week, constant, every day to just about 600 milligrams. So, you know, normal dose of ibuprofen in a week and she's not working any less. She might be working a little bit more. Um, but just to have that shift in such a short period of time and to see her outwardly come even prompting means that she's noticing it. She's feeling better. She's like, she tells me when she wakes up in the morning, I feel great. You know, I don't, I don't in pain at work. Um, and, and her state of pain, she, that was normal to her. You know, being in a constant state of pain was, that's just my normal back pain. That's just, you know, that's what it is. Yeah, it's Tuesday. So, right. So, number one, at, get 
out of class absolutely did not belong. Number two, having her work with me. And number three, having her have a better quality of life. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Nick, anything from your end? You're muted. There we go. I got you. Um, cool. Uh, the person that comes to mind is an athlete, and I really don't work with that many. Uh, I work with athletes, but I don't work with that many like competitive crossfitters. But this is a guy who's been um, kind of uh, competing CrossFit, um, and like three years ago, he was doing things like Granite Games, the intermediate division. His team would take like middle of the line. Um, they'd place middle of the line, but he'd be in so much pain. Like he'd be in pain year round and he'd be in so much pain after Granite Games, which is kind of when I started with him. And uh, I remember he just kind of had it in his mind that that was okay and that was normal. And um, I think he was told a lot, like when he would bring something up, like, hey, this hurts when I do this. He would just, oh, that's, that's weird. Like, huh. And I think that that was just the person's way of, of saying, I don't know, but not saying, I don't know. Right. And so then, um, like a couple of years ago, I started working with him and he was able to get out of back pain and understand what is going to cause him back pain and where his deficiencies lie and which deficiencies are the lowest hanging fruit that we know we can improve and which ones really we can't improve very much. And we just kind of need to make sure that we're smart around them in order to keep them out of pain. And this year they did Granite Games again, like two weeks ago and uh, him and his team were in the RX division this time and they took like fifth place, right? But all with no pain, which was really cool to see that um, two, three years ago, he's basically in constant pain and being told or thinking that that's just normal. That's just how it is. Like no pain, no gain. And now he's exponentially better as an athlete, but also doing it pain free. Now you said that you work with athletes who are not CrossFitters. Do you find this stuff works with them too? I don't need a story, but have you found sure. that works with them too? Yeah. Um, Definitely most of the athletes I work with or was working with before I sold my gym were between um, 13 and 18 years old with a large chunk of them being 13 to 15. And so a lot of those kids, um, you know, they're, they're all so varied in where they are in puberty and um, some of them are very ready to exercise and move and some of them aren't and they come in in groups, right? And so just the flexibility and mobility assessments alone have been invaluable for um, helping to show these kids why it is they're going to do a different exercise than somebody else. Because when you've got a group of 16-year-old boys, one doesn't want to go do um, block pull deadlifts while the other ones are doing deadlifts, unless you can show him exactly why right? He doesn't want to just seem like he's less capable, but it was a way of kind of quantifying and showing these younger athletes like, Hey, there's, there's a reason we're doing this and we're going to get you to that. And it's not because I don't think you're trying hard. And it's not because I don't think you're capable. That's just where we need to get you. 
I love to hear that. And I'll share a story with you guys. We had a client whose name I won't use. We'll, we'll call her, um, we'll call her Sarah, like we called Samantha on our post. So Sarah called me about two years ago because I was doing the sales calls. We were just starting to do sales calls. I'd never done a sales call. I hadn't done sales calls for more than a month when I started talking to Sarah. And she, to make a long story short, she had shoulder pain. And I'm like, I know that we can help you. I know that we can help this girl. It's not that bad, but it's not good either. And I know that we can help her from a distance. She's just exercising wrong. And we were $200 a month at the time, 199. Long story short, doesn't sign up. I don't close her on the phone. I'm like, ah, oh, like whatever. Lost one. We could have helped her. Oh, well, she'll figure it out eventually. Well, a year later, uh, she called again. I'm like, wow, this is weird. Same girl and same woman. And she, this time she was like, yeah, so it's gotten way worse. And my doctors actually say that now I need surgery and I'm really hoping to avoid that. And we couldn't help her at that point. She did need surgery. She was beyond what we could help with from a distance or even in person. She needed surgery. She gets the surgery six months later, back on my schedule. I'm like, wow, this is like, this girl committed, you know? So I'm talking to her, did you not get the surgery? She's like, no, I did. And that's the problem. I'm, I'm overweight. I'm not happy. I'm scared all the time to move. I'm in pain all the time. And they want to do surgery again. They don't think they finished the job. So I asked her if she had imaging done. She said, yes. I said, were there any tears left? She said, no. And I said, okay, well, why do they want to operate again? She said, well, I don't have pain all day long, but I have pain anytime I go to the gym and try to do any work. So I'm facing either not going to the gym and working out or being active or getting surgery. I was like, wait, so let me get this straight. You can do things around the house. You can sleep at night. You can do all that stuff with no pain. It's just lifting weights and being really active that causes you pain. Yes. I said, okay, I think we can help you. I'm not sure, but I think we can. And the worst case scenario is that you would end up needing surgery again. Are you down with taking that chance? She's like, yeah, definitely. Let's do it. 199, I'm ready. I was like, actually, our price went up. It's 279 now. And because I know you, because I know how you know, unsure of all this you are and how kind of nervous about it all you are, I need you to buy the year up front. And she was like, what? I need to talk to my husband. Like, I, I, I don't know if I can afford that. I'm like, I, 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 I lost a week of sleep the last time that we talked on the phone because you didn't sign up and I found out that you ended up needing surgery and it wasn't working. I can't go through that again. I need you to sign up now. So long story short, talks to her husband a little bit while we're on the phone, signs up, buys the year up front. It's now been seven months since we had that conversation. She's back in her gym. She's not even considering surgery at all. She's still modifying movements because she's not all the way out of the woods yet. Um, but she's doing things like hanging from a pull-up bar and doing strict pull-ups with a band. She's pressing bars overhead without using her hips. There's no, we're not letting her do things like jerks or push presses or kipping or, or even burpees yet. But everything that she does is controlled and she doesn't touch shoulder pain day to day. She didn't need the surgery. She's no longer upset. She's down 20 of the 40 pounds last time I spoke. Like, amazing. It's the exact reason why when I talk to somebody on the phone who I know we can help, whether it's on the business side, like you guys, or on the individual side, like, like fictional Sarah, who's not a fictional person, but that's her fictional name. Um, 
I don't have any problem pushing them to be uncomfortable and having them buy. So I appreciate the five of you guys sharing some time with us today. Uh, what I would love for you to do is instead of just saying it now, because I know when people listen to podcasts, they're not like, oh, let me stop that and re-record. Please, each of you guys, shoot me all of the places where people can find you. And I will make sure to link all of that up in the show notes, on the Facebook posts that we make about this, all that kind of stuff, because people need to be seeing what you guys are doing. It's awesome. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. And we'll talk again soon. Deal? Yep. Yes. All right. See you later. Bye. That's a wrap for another Active by Podcast, guys. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you're going to wherever you listen to podcasts and leaving us a five-star rating and a review. We want to grow this thing. We want to change the world. It's not about movement. It is a movement. Please help us out with that. Remember, until next time, turn pro.